Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, July 12th, 2022, and we're in the Mayfair offices with Eric dealing with a broken computer. So, you know, we got connection issues. Only I do. Josh is fine. My phone is fine. Everything else is fine. Our other issue is uh, we had a pizza-related incident at our favorite Panago. You know, we like our uh, personal size pizzas, nice size, just enough pizza, and they don't have them anymore. They're gone. Yeah. <laughs> Why would they do that? Yeah. We're just looking on the website, and it's like, so they've never had extra large, and they've always had personal size, and now they don't have personal size, and they do have extra large. I don't know. That screwed us over. So I actually had to call in to the 1-800 number, and I got a nice lady from the States, <laughs> oddly. You'd think a normal human being would have walked across the street and just asked, but no. I <laughs> Too called much the, effort. Yeah, I called the States. And then she was super nice, but she's like, now it's, a, you know, you get extra two extra slices, and uh, you walk in special, you get a drink, and it's $10. Uh, okay like i mean that's fine but usually i wouldn't get a drink i don't know but i'm mean, like it's extra pizza so like that's cool now i feel like i'm being strong-armed a little bit fear change yeah it's weird when small things like that change especially at a chain because even if they wanted to keep on making personals they cannot that's senior panago decreed that there shall be no more personal pizzas it ruins our routine. So our routine for the last little while, as your schedule permitted, was to do the podcast and then watch a Mayfair movie and eat some pizza. Yeah, yeah. Eat a specific amount of pizza. Yeah. But th- it made sense before, but now nothing makes sense. <laughs> nothing makes sense. It's sad. I'm curious what's going to move in next door because chain stuff in this area is relatively new. Mm-hmm. A few years ago, a corner store burned down in the Glebe. A Max Milk, which was a chain, but kind of seemingly a a more cozy Canadian chain, kind of. Mm -hmm. And a McDonald's moved into where it was. I had thought just another Max Milk would move in there. And I stood corrected because I was like, that's not going to work there. And it is packed every time I go by. Yeah, it's right at the bus stop, too. So I don't know if that if you're waiting for the bus, and you're like, oh, I could crush a burger, I guess. And I think it's near enough to a high school and that kind of thing. So we have a condo building opening up next door, and they're moving. I don't know when they're going to be open, but every couple of days I come in, it seems like they have made extreme progress to getting towards their final goal. Mm-hmm. And the main floor is going to be businesses. Ages ago, I had heard that the bar that had been torn down was going to go back into there. Hmm. I don't know if that's true. So there was that. But then there used to be a thrift store, kid store kind of thing, which is now across the street. And a great restaurant that actually wasn't the scenario of, oh, no, they're being kicked out. The owners were like, yeah, we've been here for a million years. We're going to retire. Thank you. Bye. Oh, Siam Kitchen. Oh, Siam Kitchen. We miss you. gone there so many times. No offense to Barley Mo. I mean, Barley Mo is totally fine. But it's like, it's a pub. You're getting what you're getting. And uh, although we did sometimes get ice from them, you know, in emergencies, which was nice. But it's kind of sad. We're like, oh, we're really going to miss you or ice machine. (laughs) Like, that's basically what it was. But... Yeah, I always found that weird because my understanding was they owned the land. Barley yeah. Mow did or someone, or who knows who, but someone involved with the business did. It wasn't like a typical like, whoops, we're swooping in. I mean, we may never know what happened with that if they just threw a ton of money at them. God knows. You know? I speculate there was a ton of money involved because that almost happened with So Good, the greatest restaurant in the world <laughs> in Chinatown, where it was just the owners were retiring, going out of business. And there was such an uproar that they retired, basically passed it off to other members of their crew. Yeah. And the show goes on. But our neighbors here, like, who knows? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it's either some independent thing, some restaurants, or if a A A&W or a KFC moves in. That won't surprise me either. We're in a weird era right now of local independent businesses, like, say, Happy Goat Coffee doing well. 
but then also a McDonald's plopping into the Glebe. So, yeah, yeah I don't know what, what's going to go in next door, but I joke that I would like it if it's an A&W or a KFC because they have really good vegan burgers. So I'd be happy with that. That could work. And, like, it's not going to be a Timmy's. I can pretty much guarantee you yeah. that's about all we assume. But I, I, I kind of hope it's not a coffee shop. We literally have two right there. That are good. Yeah, exactly. So. And at Lansdowne, too, I mean, I, there must be a couple, you know. So like, Probably. I don't really know what would best serve it. And I, and I think we sort of talked about it before where the clientele who are buying condos there are likely to be perhaps somewhat older, you know, as opposed to it could be our age and yeah. up. Like, who knows exactly? But the point is you hope that they think about their clientele or, or their, you know, the people that are buying these places when they think about what businesses would best serve that spot. Yeah, and it's so weird nowadays because it seems... I think this is in every city where condos are just popping up despite mm. there not being evidence that we need more condos popping <laughs> up because it's not like, oh, hey, uh, Ford just moved into town with a new plant and it's going to be thousands of new people moving to town. Like, there doesn't seem to be anything like that. Mm -hmm. But for us, you just have to look at it from the silver lining of, well, it happened. There's yeah. a bunch of condos moving next door. So best case scenario for us is that's a whole bunch more potential moviegoers yeah. who can leave their house at 6.15 and come see a 6.30 movie very easily. Yeah. But I, I don't know when it's opening, but I don't think they've announced availability yet or anything like that. Yeah. And I'm assuming like it's going to be done before the snow falls. I you would no, think, yeah. I don't fully understand construction and technology and the world at large. You know, there's a lot of things <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. But yeah, it seems like they're really blasting through it. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it's good to go by Halloween even. Well, that's construction in Canada, right? Or in Ottawa specifically. Mm. Like, don't do it when it's minus 30 outside. Yeah, exactly. And so that would be my assumption that they're aiming for by the end of the year. And I mean, obviously the outside stuff, especially like you can finish inside stuff in the cold. I don't know. I assume it's definitely pretty wild to see something like that just pop up. It seems like not that long ago that it was not this. And now it's just yeah. like, it's whatever this is. Well, even Lansdowne. I was at Lansdowne two days in a row because I went to check out the 613 flea market last Saturday. Oh man, I always forget about that. It's really good. There's a lot of good stuff there. I got, it's so funny, but there's a extinct Nintendo game called Disney Infinity. It's the one where you get these little figures and plug them in and that. Right. So never, I've never played the game, but the figures are now available for relatively cheap. And they're beautiful. Like, they're really nice little molds of Star Wars, Disney figures, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I've been picking some of those up for three or four bucks a piece. And stuff as recent as Ray and Finn from Force Awakens. So I got a couple of those. And then I got a couple glasses. And then at the farmer's market, I was working the church shift here at the Mayfair. Yeah. And then Gwen was like, do you want to go for lunch at the farmer's market? And we did that. That's making use of what I call the cattle castle because I'm an old man. It's the Aberdeen <laughs> Pavilion. Oh, right. Yeah. But that area is so weird because they're still not doing superb because they've still got some empty space in there and examples of places that have closed and reopened as something else. But it was nice to see a big community out for the farmer's market, which is independent venture instead of going to get their groceries at Walmart or whatever. Mm. So they're doing well enough there. And they've got... A giant sky rise there, like a giant diehard sky rise yeah. that not that long ago was not there. So yeah, it is weird that the area is building up these sky rises that 
rumor has it, are not full. Well, yeah, and that's the other thing is like now they're talking about adding another one or two buildings because they want to oh, redo yeah. the redone lands down. And so I don't fully get it. And it's just, I don't know, back and forth and all this stuff. And all I think about is just like the people who have a view of the field, but maybe aren't football fans or they yeah. have, <laughs> their balcony is right over Folk Fest, but they're like, I'm trying to go to bed. I have a friend in that building and has kind of a partial view because her balcony faces north. Mm hmm. So if she stands on her balcony and faces to the right, she has a perfect view of the field. The thing is, when concerts are there, often they build a stage on the football field with the back of the stage facing towards that building. Mm -hmm. So she can't really see the concert, but you can hear it. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, like, we could even hear, well, we're pretty sure it was Blues Fest got our place. And I mean, we're pretty far down Rito or like down Montreal Road, you know? So it's like, I guess it's coming off the water or something. It's faint, but it's enough that you could hear. I mean, same with Escapade. You thought we could hear the bass and the throbbing, like whatever, you know? But it's not bad for me who goes to bed a bit later. But Emily uh, wasn't super psyched on that last night. No, because I think their hard cut off time is 11 p.m. Yeah. And usually. if she's going to bed at five or six, right? So, well, God. And I wasn't even there. Like, it was a bad movie night. So I was, I didn't have to deal with it at all. It was kind of great, but it's neat in a way. And at least we're far enough away that it's not that big a deal. But yeah, some people who are just right near Le Breton or whatever. And, oh, God. And if yeah. you're like not into it, my God, you don't have a choice, really. I remember when Guns N' Roses were playing here somewhat recently because it was actual Guns N' Roses, like mm -hmm. Slash's back and all that kind of stuff. And I was biking home from the Mayfair and you can either bike home on the north or south side of the canal. I didn't go to the north side because I knew it was going to be packed with buses and people leaving the concert, people going to the concert, hangers on just too cheap to buy a ticket who were hanging out outside because you could hear it. Yeah. So I was biking along the south side and all the rich people there along the south side were out on their lawns or balconies because you could 100% perfectly hear the concert yeah not muffled not anything so i'm like well that's a good news bad news you can have your friends over on the front lawn and listen to guns and roses but if you don't like guns and roses yeah that's no good my brother's in town in, in and out this week and last week too uh, one of the things he's gonna do is go see rage against the machine on friday run the jewels are opening up you know, my wife and i like them and she didn't get to see them last time and i did she basically became a fan the day after they played but anyway so the tickets are 150 bucks ahead oh my god so she was like oh yeah let's see the 30 minute run the jewels set for 300 dollars, basically and like neither of us really cares about rage against the machine i mean High school me would have lost my mind. I was a huge fan, but I literally haven't listened in 20 years. So first of all, yeah, I'm not paying $150 for any concert ever, period. Just I'm not really a festival guy. If I go, I'm going to see one, maybe two bands, and that's it. So I don't get the whole like, oh, you're, you're going to see 10 bands that day. It's totally worth it. And you're like, no. And so for me, I was just like, all right, it's already expensive. And then I was like, there's going to be 35,000 people there. No exaggeration. This yeah. has been hyped for years and years and years. And like, it's just, I, I don't know. And it's still the COVID stuff. That's third on the list, but it's a consideration. So but I am going to an after party with like a bunch of people, like my brother and a bunch of people from the town I grew up in who will be going to the show. So there's a bit of irony in that where I'm just like, ah, you know, ah, COVID risk. I don't want to be there. But I will go with all of you who were just there jammed together, you know. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know. Like, I'm happy. I love people having fun and doing stuff. But just for me, I was like, I don't want to be any part of that situation. Like, it's going to be hot and packed. And God, I just, I just, it sounds like a nightmare to me, quite frankly. No, I've definitely was never cool enough to be into going to concerts. I worked a lot of concerts, but yeah, just I'm not an outdoor kid. The sun doesn't like me a <laughs> no, lot. No, no, I skulk in the shadows constantly. Yeah, so I'm all good with going to an indoor thing. And now I'm a grown-up, so I go to like... We went to our first NAC 
orchestra concert since the before times and that was very nice and maybe very high number like 90 95 percent of people were in masks it's like here it's like everywhere where they're like yeah. please wear a mask but we can't force you and that was very nice by happenstance we had an empty seat to the left and right of us so that was a little bit of a buffer mm-hmm. but yeah i can't imagine even comic cons now that i'm on slightly the other side just the idea of standing in line for hours for anything yeah i'm just like nah, that's okay <laughs> yeah my buddy had a booth at the montreal comic con this past weekend oh cool and like by all accounts it went well and normally yeah when my brother comes up we will go to montreal for a day or two but just there was just too much going on we couldn't do it but i thought how funny would that be if i went and saw my friend at a comic-con in montreal like of all things i'm just like okay uh you know see you on monday night i'm not actually gonna buy your stuff right now but uh, you know i can tell people to go over to your booth that's pretty good yeah i gotta get back into the groove of that because the last auto comic-con i helped host some panels and stuff like that i'm trying yeah. to convince them to give me a table because since the last comic-con i've had a whole bunch of comics come out and got a credit on a cartoon so i'm like give me a table come on yeah yeah you're blowing up and plus like you know I, we had that successful high noon screening i brought my dad in and my nieces were there and then josh was there too it was amazing yeah i was gonna mention that because you mentioned your brother so i got to meet your brother briefly there and your dad was so nice. Your dad <laughs> your dad said something like, we were chatting, you were introducing me, and I said something about the Mayfair. And he said something like, if you ever think that what you're doing here doesn't matter, just be assured that running this cinema is very important and it does matter. Yeah. And I was just like, burst into tears and ran away. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think he would probably associate himself with the word geek or nerd nah. but he is a western geek or nerd oh yeah he knows things i just said western and he proceeded <laughs> to give me the history of high noon which yeah. is great but it was clear that he loved it which is so so nice that we can screen something that your dad can come see and clearly he had a good time and that's just so a nice feeling when you're running a little indie cinema yeah and i didn't even know at the time that it was the last movie that his mother saw in theater before she passed like crazy yeah his parents both passed before he was 10 years old oh wow yeah and so like she saw high noon but he's never seen it in the theater until now and so i didn't even it was already special and like i had memories of watching it on saturday night the movies with him when i was a kid and it's such a good movie as you now know that was just like such a cool experience and to have like my two teenage nieces there and not make a peep throughout and not (laughs) seemingly not hate it at the very least i don't know if they loved it but yeah it was just such a once in a lifetime experience really and it's just an example and i keep thinking of this over and over of we can just stop making movies for a while because every year another couple hundred movies get made Mm -hmm. and high noon was a 70 year old movie that somehow the ending wasn't spoiled for me yeah so i was still edge of my seat (laughs) and You could see why it's such an important movie because a lot of Westerns were good guy, bad guy, shootout, the end. And this was so complicated and so interesting. And the hero was going through so much and the town was such a jerk. And and just, (laughs) oh, it was very, very good. I was almost thinking like there'd be a pretty interesting prequel to that movie. For sure, yeah. Because they really just touch on the stuff, you know, the bad guy, them catching him five years ago or whatever it was and like all that. So if you did a prequel set five years before where he's in his prime as the marshal or whatever and he catches that guy or the town bands together because they kind of imply he had a bunch of deputies at that time and everything. And it's like, yeah, obviously it doesn't need to happen, but it's just one of those things where you sort of think of these attached things you know where people do an update or whatever like that like that actually is a cool story that you only like almost like rogue one a little bit yeah and the movie moves quick Mm -hmm. because it's 85 or 86 minutes and you got to remember that's 85 minutes without the three to five minutes of end credits that are on normal movies right so that would have pumped it up to like a 90 minute movie but as movies are it just goes the end yeah and it's just over but yeah i really liked it the one funny thing 
was I was like, wow, he looks he seems older than his wife. Yeah, very. And looked it up and Grace Kelly, I think, was twenty two. Okay. And he was fifty two. Wow. So he was genuinely old enough to be her dad. But not weird <laughs> in that time period. No, probably not. And especially with him being the authority figure there. Like, I mean, although then you start getting into a weird quasi-grooming thing at that point. Yeah, We're just like, so yeah. how long have they... <laughs> anyways, anyways, not the point. They've been dating for 10 years. <laughs> I was like, it's, it was a different time, you know. But, and I liked, of course, my Star Wars nerd dumb crosses over with everything. Yes. So the character... Cad Bane, who's a great animated series character. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert. Fast forward 30 seconds if you don't want a Mando Boba Fett spoiler (laughs) alert. But Cad Bane showed up in Boba Fett. And Cad Bane is Lee Van Cleef. And Lee Van Cleef is in... In his first role, as your dad told me, yeah, in High Noon, and doesn't speak at all. And so then the Cad Bane character was molded after Lee Van Cleef in his body type and his voice and his movement. And so to see him there, I told Gwen, I said, yeah, and Cad Bane's in it. <laughs> yeah, and Lon Chaney was in it, Lon Chaney Sr. So it's like, yeah. you know, and you're like, oh, you're the Wolfman's father. <laughs> Good times. And who's the other one? Oh, the, uh, the senior officer from MASH. Oh, yeah. Played his cowardly friend who hid in the closet when he came knocking on the door for help. And then also there was that one guy who offered to help him. And he's like, ah, you just go have a drink. I'll be good. And you're like, okay, <laughs> yeah. well, you did have two people offer to help, kind of. But anyway. Yeah. Oh, it's very good. I love watching these old movies. And it got a round of applause afterwards, which movies don't get uh, yeah. usually. I hoped that it would, but I didn't want to start it. And then one person in the front did. And I'm like, oh, I'm on this. And I yeah. jumped in on that <laughs> and I tried to get it going, you know. So, okay. So that will let's lead over to talking about movies screening the week of Friday, July 15th. Western Fest continues. Yeah. Since we're on the topic, the West Fest continues with Shane. Classic. Another timeless also bringing my dad to this one on Sunday, uh, you know, yep. fingers crossed. Amazing movie. And the only color one, I think, of the five that we're showing. Oh, is it? I didn't realize that. Well, my dad said it, so it's true, I guess is what I have to assume. When you were a kid, was your basement filled with Western coffee table books and VHS oh, tapes and stuff? Uh, you know, some. It was more like the main floor. The basement was much creepier, and just so that was more like the sump pump and uh, R- okay, random, yeah, yeah, yeah. random stuff, you know. But Saturday Night the Movies was a staple, obviously, and we had a bunch of... Like, he loves war movies, too. So it was like random yeah. war movies and Westerns, all black and white, basically. And I remember... I know I've seen Shane as a kid. Well, you know, like you see stuff as a kid. Like, yeah. I don't really remember much about it. But I remember it being in color. But then all the rest of them, even, well, even Liberty Valance, which is the latest one that we're showing, which I think was like 62 or something like that. But that's black and white. So I thought that was interesting that this one's 10 years before that, but in color. It's weird to remember that the full takeover of color took a while, took Mm. longer than people think it did. Yeah. Where the in Technicolor was still a big thing for a while. And then, geez, I don't know. It's later than we think that pretty much everything was color. And then that people didn't want black and white because they're like, kids today don't want black and white. (laughs) And then between the 70s and present day, a black and white movie is few and far in between. Yeah, and I think for some of it, it's a deliberate choice. Liberty Valance, I'm sure they thought it would look better in black and white. They easily could have done that in color, I'm sure, with the stars that are in that movie. Same as, you know, something like The Man Who Wasn't There, even. There's a deliberate stylistic choice to that, where, like, something as simple as, like, cigarette smoke looks cooler in black and white. That's I hesitate to say that because we're, you know, smoking bad, you know, but still, like, visually as a thing, you're like, oh, man, that actually looks kind of cool. No, cigarette smoking in 
film noir movies looks awesome. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> it's the only acceptable smoking, I guess. But it's it's fictionalized though, right? So you're like, no, guns and cigarettes in movies are cool. Yeah. Guns and cigarettes in real life are not cool. Yeah, bad, bad news bears, you know. <laughs> yeah. So but yeah, I do remember, and this one is the colors. So just as a side note, it doesn't really mean anything, but just find that kind of interesting. Like this yeah. is the one color film that we're showing. Uh, so then two movies making a return this week. The Phantom of the Open, which we played a couple mm. weeks ago, but didn't really get a great play, but it was the holiday weekend. It was Canada Day, but everybody who saw it loved it, and it did pretty well. And Lee was saying a lot of people have been asking him, so funny, it's always frustrating, if we will <laughs> be playing it. And he says, we did play it. Yeah. So he watches normal TV, and he has said that the ads have been all over TV right now because in other cities it's playing in like a multiplex or whatever. So we're getting this free advertising for it. So we're going to bring it back for a week. I've seen it. It's really great. It's just a really great, one of those cozy, eccentric British true stories of a terrible golfer who stumbles into professional tournaments. And Mark Rylance is in the lead, and he's great. So it's just one of those fun movies that you could bring grandma and grandpa to or bring the kids to the cliche just something for everybody yeah it's like tin cup meets the full monty or something like pretty much know. yeah <laughs> it's just throwing With out less things. full frontal nudity yeah. and a lot less kevin costner <laughs> yeah and then we're bringing back everything everywhere all at once for oh. a fifth week which is great we're getting there because we're tuesday now but on friday did we have it Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Whatever. The last couple screenings, it was by far still the most popular screening of the day. Damn. So who knows? We're at week five now, which still is 13 weeks off yeah. from the world record of Parasite at the Mayfair. But still getting closer. Like every, it's still going. Every week is a victory. Yeah, I think if we, we can make it through August, and then the students will come back in September, and that'll roll us over another four weeks. Yeah. Once they, I don't know when they announce oscar stuff but that's probably like pretty far away i guess yeah but, we can bring still, it back then yeah, yeah we're still hyping up you know what we think will be oscar nominated stuff so yeah. then we have an ottawa premiere a cool british heavy horror film called she will it's about an aging actress and has supernatural elements from a movie nerd point of view it stars alice Crege, who was in star trek first contact and sleepwalkers and Strangely, the most recent Text Chainsaw Massacre that we both really liked. Oh, is she the Borg Queen? Yeah. Okay, yeah. nice. Yeah, okay, that's why I was thinking. We also, Emily watches like Star Trekky type stuff, and yeah. there was like a Borg related subplot and all that. And we were talking about that. She was like, oh, I wonder if it's because I guess they had the Borg Queen on something, one Picard, of the Star Trek shows. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. And she was like, oh, I wonder if it's the same actress who, who played her in First Contact or whatever it was. And it was not. It was not. But it's still, but then, yeah, she was in Texas Chainsaw, and that's why I thought that was, it all came to a head, and I was like, Oh, man, this is all so much, like, geek fun coming together. Yeah, she's one of those really cool, highbrow British actresses who has done a lot of cool genre stuff. And I actually just heard her recently on Mick Garris' podcast because it's the... 30th anniversary of Sleepwalkers. Oh, jeez. And they were talking about what a bonkers movie Sleepwalkers is. It's weird. I haven't watched it in 30 years. I snuck (laughs) into it. 30 years ago but they're talking about just the incest stuff and weird yeah. monster stuff and a lot of cat related stuff though which is great stuff. it has a ton of cameos in it and that is one of those movies where it actually had really good buzz and opening night did really well huh. like at the box office but only opening night and then just tanked right afterwards wow but now like so many cult movies 
it has a following because it was on TV and on HBO yeah. and VHS and video stores and whatever. So, But yeah, she was in that. She played the mother in that? She played the mother in okay, that. Okay, I thought so, yeah. So this movie is a supernatural horror around an actress and then Malcolm McDowell's in it and I heard Ooh. something about he's kind of playing like a Kubrick kind of character <laughs> and it's, again, I hate using the term but it's what people are calling elevated horror. Oh boy. And I'm like, no, that just means it's a good horror movie. You nah. can just say it's a good horror movie. No, nah, you can only say elevator horror if it's about a killer elevator i think that's the only it was like devil or whatever you know yeah that is elevator horror we're allowed to call it that (laughs) but that's it so yeah so looking forward to that that's our ottawa premiere this week which we're not doing many of but that one came across our path then we have i'm very excited about this because people always ask about why aren't you showing this movie why aren't you showing that movie how about you show this movie a lot of times it's because we are not like a video store we are not able to screen anything we want so we have Rock and Roll High School coming out. Oh, right. Jeez. Which we have not screened in our run of the past 12 or 13 years because Roger Corman doesn't let out a lot of his old movies. He had sold it to some TV channel or streaming service or whatever. Yeah. It's bizarre because you think with his business model of drive-ins and rep houses and that. But yeah, Rock and Roll High School just wasn't available. So recently, thanks to our pals at AGFA, they got a hold of it. So now... We're getting more movies from places like Agfa and Shout Factory. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. I love the Ramones. It's so good. It's such a fun movie. Yeah. And it's just of its time. Like it's a 1970s, grownups are bad, high school is bad. Rock and roll is cool. Like, yeah. that's it. <laughs> yeah, and really great cast. The main principal, uh, Principal Togar, is great. But the guy that I think of is Paul. I can't remember his last name right now, but he's in Piranha and just all those. Like, he's in a ton of Corman stuff. Yeah. But he, he almost has like a Will Ferrell vibe. You know, he's okay, got a beard, yeah. but he's kind of goofy a little bit. And like, he's in, oh my God, he's in Bucket of Blood. Just a background guy that you would recognize from being in that, you know, like so many classics. But he's really good in this. He's the guy, I think he's like the art teacher or the music teacher. Yeah, whatever. I know exactly who you mean. Yeah, and yeah. he starts out kind of stuffy, but then he becomes a big Ramones fan as the movie (laughs) goes on. I can't recommend the movie enough, but one of my favorite quotes is when the cop is like, those Ramones are ugly, ugly people. (laughs) And it's just such a like harsh, but hilarious. They're right here. They're in the movie. And they weren't even doing anything. It was so funny. I can't recommend it enough. Like obviously the music's great, but it's, it is legit hilarious, like meant to be hilarious, you know? And every time, one of the Ramones delivers a line of dialogue. It's just so wonderfully clunky. (laughs) And you watch it and then you're like, wow, uh, Mick Jagger's a pretty good actor. (laughs) You know, because then you see him in a movie and you're like, oh, he's actually holding his own. Yeah, like Kiss uh, and the Phantom of the Park kind of vibes, you know, where you're like, okay, you guys are good musicians, but maybe not the best actors. Oh, it's so good. I'm so excited to come and see it with a crowd. And it's Joe Dante was the co-writer and i believe uncredited co-director huh and again that was right in the time when he was in the trenches of corman land yeah before he jumped out to do gremlins and such man and i've even seen rock and roll high school forever i've not sequel, seen that <laughs> with the cory feldman fronted sequel where he's basically the ramones in the movie because he does the songs and like it's bad obviously yeah but i don't even know i can't even fully recommend it but also like as a curio it's sort of great and it was made in the 90s right yeah. so they could have got the ramones yeah or not cory feldman you know like yeah. anyone else basically but i guess i guess they couldn't have gotten them but someone did someone's a big enough fan of that movie that they did like a one-hour documentary that's on youtube of oh, just wow. you know talking heads and stuff but not the band unfortunately but the people yeah so it's worth a watch you know and i always find that funny because i feel that way about trash movies you know where i'm just like oh i love this movie more than anyone and it's not good but it's amazing 
I love documentaries on weird specific stuff like that, like action figures or video games yeah. or bad movies, because it's all interesting. There's all good stories behind them. Oh, yeah. And it's just that the average person would just never know. Yeah. So then finally this week, we have tribute screenings of the Michael Mann early 80s classic Thief. Oh, right. In honor of the late, great James Kahn, who recently passed away. This is always an example of why we like weekly programming, because if we were stuck on a six-week grid, we couldn't do this in a timely manner. Yeah. I've never seen Thief, so I'm really excited. It's just one of those holes in my movie-watching resume. Yeah. And it's... Is it Michael Mann's first movie? If it's not uh, first movie, it's early. Yeah, it's not, because I think his first was The Keep. Is okay, that yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. but that was... Oh, no, maybe not. That might be 83. That might be two years after, actually, because this is 80. I think 81 yeah 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 actually so it might be I didn't exist I don't know I right. guess you were if, if you existed a, you were I very was, young I was we yeah the Tangerine Dream soundtrack is maybe their best soundtrack which is saying something for Tangerine Dream and it's Dream. so funny because you popped up on Facebook and said oh I love the soundtrack and yeah. just by happenstance I was putting blurbs on our website for Thief so finding all these reviews but if you go into IMDB it lists awards and nominations yeah so it lists a couple of awards it won back in the day, but then it also lists that the Razzie Awards nominated it for Worst Original Score for Tangerine Dream. But then you find all these reviews that say how much they love the score, and it's weird. As a fan of Mystery Science Theater, I understand the Razzies, but the Razzies just seems to have a real kind of... Like a mean streak? Yeah, like a <laughs> bullying mean streak that Mad Magazine or Mystery Science Theater does not have. Yeah. Or Elvira or anything like that. And the Razzies, I'm always just like, I don't think you should exist. I don't think we need you. Well, and most people just don't even care anymore. Like, they're kind of yeah. like, oh, you still exist, you know, which yeah. is kind of the ultimate full circle aspect of it. You're like, ah, now the Razzies have been razzed. But for James Caan, for me, when I think of James Caan, it starts with Misery. Yeah, of because course. Because that's a movie that my dad, because he was awesome, snuck me into when I was too young to see it. And then skip five or six or seven years and bottle rocket. Oh, yeah. With the advent of that kind of generation of filmmakers and him being in that movie, mm-hmm. he was like the big star slumming in the independent movie. And then Elf. Those three movies are the ones I think of amongst his giant career. Because Elf, I think, is one of the best family films made in the past number of decades. And most people would say The Godfather, but not Josh. I've never heard of this Godfather. <laughs> like everybody, And it's funny to see the different people posting about it where they're just sort of like Godfather star or whatever you know and then there's some people who are just like misery start like it's funny if you you know on horror yeah. sites or whatever but a lot of people i saw were like i think of him in misery you know and and, yeah. and it's sort of a funny split because you think like the godfather is the godfather so you'd think if someone's in that that's what people associate it with but to have it be a stephen king adaptation and the same with kathy bates you could argue that's oh, yeah. her biggest role for a lot of people too you know and if you were a kid in the 70s I'm sure Rollerball is front and center. (laughs) For sure, for sure. Because that was like cool, dystopian future, roller derby action. So I'm sure that is somebody's favorite James Caan movie. For me, Rollerball is awesome, but it's just a little bit before my time. Yeah. For me, it's Star Wars is before my time. Rollerball is 75 and Star Wars is 77. And you could see how sci-fi changed in those little two years definitely and they did not improve it with the remake of rollerball so don't even bother with that one. Oh my god i can't believe there's a remake of rollerball <laughs> yeah it's a whole other thing yeah the co-star of american pie was not able to lead that franchise <laughs> to fill james con yeah. shoes who would have thought 
But yeah, it's lovely to get together in a darkened cinema with strangers and pay tribute to a great actor like this. It's always a nice little cathartic thing that we're able to do. And it seems to be actually getting a lot of buzz. It seems to be people are pretty excited to see it, which is funny because, yeah, it is like Godfather is, of course, the go-to movie, but he didn't star in a lot of movies. Yeah, Even Misery is like a two-hander, but it's like thief and rollerball but once you get to honeymoon in vegas yeah he's not the star that's an ensemble but he got to work with nick cage yeah i was gonna say you know <laughs> i mean as long as we can bring it back to cage in some way we're totally fine oh and two other ones dick tracy okay and alien nation do you remember alien yes. nation yes that's a sci-fi movie that as a kid watching that on vhs i really liked alien nation I haven't watched it forever, so I don't know if it holds up. But as a kid, I really like that movie. Yeah, I always confuse it with Enemy Mine, I think it is. For sure. That, well, not even to say that they're super similar or anything like that, but just for some reason my brain puts those two together. I'm like, is this the one with Gregory Hines playing an alien or playing with an alien or whatever it is? They were probably sitting at the video store beside each other yeah. at the exact same time. Yeah, and those are just two covers I definitely remember more than the movies themselves most of the time. And Enemy Mine is more of a outer space sci-fi movie and alienation is a cop sci-fi movie yeah exactly check those out too though do that time. <laughs> all james con yeah, all the time all good stuff and we will not forget to mention saturday night cinema coming up how could we forget which you might be presenting maybe I'm it's waiting. a last minute decision yeah i'm waiting for the call i hope i get it because like i already i know what i want to show and like more importantly i'm bringing my brother to that ah. so on the one hand i'm kind of like it'd be cool to just go and not know what it is and not have to do anything but yeah. on the other hand it'd be pretty cool to be like oh hey here's me doing my thing you know i don't know i'm not I'm the younger brother, so it's like, I think inevitably, you know, there's those feelings when you're like, ah, I've finally made it, big bro, you know? You have to phone Lee and be like, I gotta be cool oh, man. to my brother, please let me do it. But what if I, like, blow it, too, in front of him? Like, it <laughs> yeah. could go either way. I'm letting fate deal with it, but I've secretly been fingers crossed this whole time that he wouldn't be able to do it. So until I actually get the text, you know, I'm not gonna assume, but that would be sweet. Yeah, he might be watching something awesome at Fantasia that night, which yeah. is why he wouldn't be here. So, yeah, we'll see. I need that to happen. I need his car to break down in Montreal or something. I don't know. Whatever it takes. You get a call that he was like, yeah, on the way back. Yeah. You get the call. You got to do it. I'm ready. And cinema. Here's a great double bill. You can come see Rock and Roll High School Saturday night at 9 and then a slightly earlier cinema at 1130. Nice. So you could have a really cool double bill of a couple awesome movies and only pay for one of them if you buy a membership card. And then you could... Or no, wait, that's... Shoot, I was going to say you could free play Targ for an hour, but that's the next night. So next you, night. you cannot you, do that. You can camp out in front of Targ. Yeah, you'll be ready. And be first in line for free play on Sunday morning. Or, you know, you come to see Shane and then free play after or free play before. That's a good thing to do. Yeah, come see the matinee of Shane on Sunday, then yeah. go for dinner and free play at Targ. That's a good day. Yeah, so all of that. Yeah, I'm going to be here back-to-back days, and hopefully all of you will be too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> Hooray! So thanks for listening, everybody. You can find up-to-date information at mayfairtheater.ca as long as we don't have a countrywide internet outage again. Yeah, we'll see. We'll We'll see. see. We'll see. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and stay tuned as we have a lot of more cool movie announcements coming up soon. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Well, now it's time to go over and argue with the pizza people. See if they'll still make us the kid-sized pizzas. I demand two kid-sized pizzas. I need this. It's 1980. Welcome to Rock and Roll High School. Rock and Roll High School? Do you want to stay there with my kids? Just to make it if you're not a man. Do you want to stay there? Do you want to stay under the moonlight? Scoop the video.
I am Miss Togar, and I am the new principal of this school. And who are you? I'm Riff Randall, rock and roller. The only girl I ever dream about at night is Riff. I've done more detentions than anyone in the school's history. Nice set of pom-poms. Tom wanted Riff, but Riff wanted to live a rock and roll fantasy to the music of her favorite group. The hottest band this side of the Iron Curtain, the with his godforsaken noise. Things sure have changed since we got kicked out of high school. Hey, come on, you guys, follow me into the school! They tried to stop their music, but the kids got wrecked and rocked the school. School, the school where the students rule. Good job!